I'm Jacob Rodriguez, Editor-in-Chief of the University Star, and you're listening to a University Star podcast. Around here, when you win, it isn't good enough. You know, but when you lose, damn sure ain't good enough. So so what is good enough? You guys need to tell us what is good enough. I guess you get paid to cause controversy, but in this locker room, we're not going to help that call. You, you write that in the paper. You write that. You make money off that. You're carrying on like a legacy, like your last name, you know? The people that did this in the 80s, they weren't doing it just because, oh, they thought it was a cool hairdo. No, they were doing it because they were badass. Welcome to episode 19 of Cats Got Our Tongue. I'm not Claire Partain. As you can tell, she is in Switzerland doing the Swiss Alps type of stuff. I am the Texas State Sports Press, a.k.a. the VP of Podcasting, a.k.a. Andrew Zimmel. So we have a jam-packed episode for you today. We talked to Sean and Chondo about the Texas State ULM game. He breaks that down for us first, and then we have Cold Mechanic talking to us about jerseys and what that looks like, and then I bring on my best friend slash editor-in-chief, Jacob Rodriguez, to talk about Sunbelt Media Day. All that and more right here on Cats Got Our Tongue. So on the phone line right now, we have Sean and Chondo, our senior, senior sports writer, talking to us about ULM, breaking that game down. Sean, how you doing? Doing good. Um, glad to see that you're back from the Sunbelt Media Days. Yeah, we talked about that a little earlier in the podcast. I'm with with me. We have uh, Maverick Cassidy or Colton Mechanic, whatever, whoever you want to go by this week. So, Sean, let's talk about ULM. That game is not for a couple months now, but you can yeah. never be too prepared. No, and, and I saw that earlier. Whenever I was kind of like studying this game, I was kind of looking back at last year's game. Uh, so last year. I don't know if you remember last year's game, the a game of ULM outlasted Texas State 20-14. to 14. Yeah, remind us a little uh, bit more played. about that game. Yeah, so in that game, Texas State did everything you're not supposed to do as a road team. Uh, besides forcing out uh, those early turnovers, they uh, the defense was outplayed. Uh, they had a really rough first half. Um, uh, ULM was able to score 17 unanswered points in the first half. And then you have a young uh, quarterback in Tyler Vitt who was trying to kind of uh, wheel this team back. And they almost did, but they they just didn't have – like they, they were just too inconsistent on, on, on the offensive side of the ball, and they couldn't really uh, throw the ball, and uh, they couldn't sustain drive. So the game ended up being 20-14. to 14. Uh, It was a close game, but it, it could have been a lot worse if it wasn't for – a strong second half from the defense. That's the story of the Texas State of the last five years. Is It's a very close game, ended up losing. The defense played a good game. But now they have Jake Spavadol. Let's talk about what you expect from this offense against ULM. Again, a game has not been played yet, but going into this season, I think the offense should be better. What do you see from ULM's defense? Um, they're really bad. That That's the first thing. Um the, in the S&P rankings last year, they were ranked as the worst defense uh, on the S&P chart um, in the country. Um, they're they're returning most of their their players, and and like we said before, like that I don't, that doesn't really matter. Does that really matter? Because you're returning a lot of players that aren't really that good, but you you're gonna have more experience, so they are gonna be better. You you have to expect they are gonna be better. They can't be worse as they were last year, but. Um, I think this is a good this is a good week for the offense to start getting it going. Uh, you'll kind of see how how they match up against this bad defense. Now, uh, Sean, for yeah. the 
for the fans that have listened to this podcast or might just be listening to it this week, going into this game, what do you expect Texas State's record to be coming off a hopeful win against Nichols State last week? Um, three and two. I think they're, they'll be three and two at this point. Um, I, I think the fans will start buying in. I think this will be like, at, I, I, I don't know if you heard last week, but Nichols State is going to be tough. I think they. I said they would beat them, but I think Texas State will beat Nickel State, but not as much as what I initially thought before researching how good that team is. But um, a win's a win. But going into this game, this is, this might Dave Campbell's on on their um, on their breakdown of of Texas State. They said this is going to be the uh, the the game of the year for Texas State, or or the most important game. And I I, I can I can kind of agree with that. Well, I'll agree I with that, think... too, because this is a game that will be on ESPNU on Thursday night. This is the Thursday night game. This is a game, honestly, all those other games don't matter. This is a game that I think people are going to tune into to watch Jake Spavadol's offense. So talking about the mm-hmm. offense, we don't know who the quarterback is. Spav has made it abundantly clear that he is not impressed by either one of the quarterbacks to or impressed enough to make them the starter. You have a suggestion of who's going to start. What do you expect from that quarterback in this game? Um, I've been saying all along, I think it's going to be Gresh. Uh, what Coach Spavadol is doing is a lot of coach speak. Like, uh, why, why even say who the starter is to the media? It wouldn't make any sense. Um, I, and I, I think it is a lot closer than we think. I think uh, Tyler Vitt, he does show uh, – he shows a lot of promise. I, I, would, I would say that Gresh – it just depends who's kind of grasping the offense, and I would see that, that Gresh would probably know the offense a little better because he has played in this offense before. But I don't know if we should count out Vic. With that said, I think um, with Gresh out there, he he has he has the mechanics of this type of uh, offense, like passing wise. Like, I think Vic Vic's going to be out there. He, he I think you could still use Vic even if he doesn't win the starting spot. Like I said last week, is you can use him on on some of these red zone type of type of plays because he's he's a he's a runner and he's kind of a bruiser. He's not like like a guy like Sam Ellinger, but he 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 will take some he will take some hits, and he could run the ball, and he can also throw the ball. So I think you can use both these guys to their strength, but I do think Gresh will be that guy. So let's talk about the ULM offense. What do you like? What matchups are you looking for against the Texas State defense? A defense that, in my opinion, has one of the best defensive players in the country in Brian London. Oh, definitely. Oh, it's this is. This is where it gets interesting because ULM is actually going to they, – they have a lot of experience on the offensive side of the ball. They have Caleb Evans, uh, the quarterback. He's returning for his senior year. He was kind of hit or miss last year, but he does uh, he does show flashes. Um, their offensive line, they're returning every player on the, on their offensive line. So that that should help them out, like going against this, this vaunted defense. Uh, they did lose uh, – they did lose their best player in um, – uh, hold on. Oops, I missed – I lost my spot. Um, they did lose their best wide receiver, Marcus Green. Uh, Green laid out the receivers in all categories that matter, like 50 catches, 853 yards, eight touchdowns. Um, they they are returning all their other receivers. R.J. Turner, uh, who was their second uh, – who, who was their second uh, lead receiver – he was second on the team with 36 catches and 526 yards. So I think going against this defense, it's gonna it's, their strengths are kind of uh, our strengths. So it's gonna gonna be kind of a clash because their offensive line going against our front seven, 
So we'll we'll see what happens, and we'll see how how good these these are secondary from are very young from last year, so they're going to be more experienced this year going against uh, this this pass first type of offense. So every single week you've given us a winner and a loser, Sean. Tell us who wins and loses this game. Um. So, like I said, ULM has a lot of experience where it matters on offense. On the quarter, uh, they're gonna ha- they have the uh, the experience at quarterback and offensive line. Texas State is still trying to figure out who they are as a team at this point. I hope they do know who they are uh, by this by this week, but probably not. I, but I I think in the long run, Texas State will probably have a better record at the end of the season than ULM because ULM has a really tough. Uh, out of conference. So you think uh, that they're going to lose this game? Yeah, I right. think this game will. Uh, I think I think Texas State loses ULM twenty four to twenty because because of the matchup problem. Next week we bring Sean on to talk to us about Arkansas State versus Texas State. They will be three and three. Sean's predicting mm-hmm. three and three going into that game. Sean, thanks for talking to us. Yeah, thank you. I'll talk to you guys later. In the booth, Cold McWilliams talking to us about all things fashion. If you looked at him, you wouldn't think that he would be the French fashion icon that he is, but he breaks down everything jersey-related for us. It's the dog days of summer, Colton. Let's talk about jerseys. All right. So Texas State, if you look at their uniform history, it's a pretty simple. They've always worn, like, the maroon jerseys and the gold numbers. But the last couple of years, it's been, like, a really, like, an Oregon-style look type of style that's just been like kind of overran college football it's kind of like mucked everything up oregon sports has mucked everything up for everybody well let me so oregon was the first one to do like okay we're just gonna have you know all green uniforms all white uniforms all yellow uniforms all black all gray kind of like color rush yeah it's basically like a color rush type thing but like i said they were the first team to do it and i have no offense because oregon was the first person to do it and I like, yeah, that is y'all's thing. Like, like when you see like the all the different color uniforms, you see, think of Oregon. I mean, ask any college football fan. It's like crazy uniforms. What do you what do you think of? It's Oregon. But then when when it's the, kind of that trend, like once everyone gets on that trend, then it kind of gets less and less cool. Mm-hmm. Like I said Baylor's probably like one of the worst examples because they had like this really nice uniform. It's a Vegas gold, forest green, Vegas gold pants really clean uniform and i don't think it's like one of the better uniforms in texas but then it was like okay let's add an all black and all gray all white all green and then it's for me a uniform you have to have an identity i think identity is important to like a college football program when you think of usc it's the red helmets red jerseys and the gold pants scarlet gold yeah yeah with texas it's the white helmets the orange jerseys and the white pants oklahoma alabama florida I can just like say the name and already picture like what they look like. If I said to you, "What's Texas State's look?" What is it exactly? It's recently it's been the French fries uniforms, yeah, the old gold, oh, and yeah, it's, it's not not great. No, yeah. it's really not. I remember when it first like popped up. Everyone Texas State was like, "Oh yeah, look at this cool uniform." And I was like, "That is some that is really ugly, guys." Yeah, no. If I wanted to look like a McDonald's French fry, this would be what I would be wearing. But the players liked it, and yeah, you know, the, the, whatever yeah. they want to do, they I guess they get to do. Yeah. Now we kind of shift over. Media day, they had the parade of helmets. I was sitting in front of some Jonesboro and uh, uh, ULM mm-hmm. beat writers, yeah. and they're talking to me about, "Oh, this you or." I like this helmet or this helmet. I think that Georgia Southern has one of the best helmets. Oh, yeah. I like it. You can't. The matted black, you know, yeah. with the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically, if you took 
basically Penn State and Alabama's like uniforms and they had like a uniform baby. That's the best way to describe <laughs> Georgia Southern. It's simple and it's clean and it's basically the look they've had since like the 80s. That's when they first started and it was like, all right, we're just going to keep it simple, stupid. Like Now you had an issue with the Texas State helmets. Okay, so I love the kind of the design of the Texas State helmet. It, they use like the Northwestern stripe. It's basically a thick stripe followed by two thin stripes with a maroon face mask. It looks really good. It's a unique look for Texas State. Only problem is they slapped on the gold like bobcat, and I was like, no, it doesn't like because you can't see the bobcat from far away. Like when you look at it, it's like, well, it looks like a giant gold blob. But if you, and I was like, so your suggestion would be to make it maroon. Yeah, make it maroon because it's more distinguishable. Like you can see it from far away, and you're going to be like, okay, that is Texas State. That is their Supercat logo, which we had since like 2003. Like, when we first changed to Texas State, and, like, it's been our logo, like, ever since. I don't think there's any, like, adjustments or any, like, logo changes. It's always been, like, our, is it Supercat or? Yeah, it's a Supercat. Supercat, yeah. I'm not in love with it, but that's what we go yeah. with. But, like I said, I like have Supercat, and now you, when you see it, when you see the helmet, it's going to be like, okay, that is Texas State. That is what Texas State is. So let me bounce one more thing off of you before right. we change subjects and talk about how you've been stirring the pot <laughs> with Texas State fans. We're going to talk about the, uh, the between the Supercat or the TX State, the TXST. When the TXST came out, I thought this is the perfect thing to put on the side of a helmet. Yeah. The athletic kind of logo. Mm -hmm. I like it a lot more than the Supercat. I think the Supercat looks like a 1990s cartoon character. <laughs> If we're going to go cartoon characters, give me the classic cartoon bobcat. Yeah, with the sweater and the... Exactly. Yeah. I would like to have that. Not inside of a helmet, <laughs> but I like the TXST. What are your thoughts? See, when I first saw the TXT like logo, by first I was like, okay, that's basically like a Southwest Texas like throwback, except it's for a Martin, like Martin, Texas State. Like when I first like saw that, I was like, okay, I could actually see that being on a helmet and be like, okay, this is kind of the... It's basically that branch between like the old... Between old the, school and the new old school, school. Yeah. yeah. So, like I said, I w if the Texas State logo was like on that, like I honestly would have no problem. That would, like I said, it's basically the branch between like the old Southwest Texas helmet to basically like here's our new helmet. So let's talk about your alter ego, Maverick Cast on Twitter. <laughs> All right. So you have been stirring the pot a little bit, not not to the point where the Texas State Sports Press is, but yeah. you, you've been stirring the spot the pot a little bit. Let's go into some of those. So let's just say like our volleyball program is probably like our best <laughs> our best athletic program at the moment because like ever. Ever. Because yeah. we won the South the Sun Belt regular season title, went into the postseason, won the conference title, and we even won like an NCAA tournament the game. The first time in first, Karen Chisholm's yeah, uh, history. Yeah. First time in history. Like we basically did like almost a trifecta of like things you could do as a volleyball program. And so volleyball programs getting capped like August thirty if they're playing what is it like Liberty? In Strahan, um, and I just posted volleyball school, and then the Texas State <laughs> Twitter page was like, "No, every sport school." It so to defend you a little bit, a lot of fans have been doing this. The whole like, "Okay, we're a track school, we're yeah, a volleyball um, school," and I think the joke has been is that we've been so bad at football mainly yes. as a sport that. Fans want to glom onto something else, and volleyball has been the number one thing I think, or the easiest thing to glom yeah. onto. I defend you here. I, I do agree that mm -hmm. this is, but it's not good because I've been there before, yeah. getting dunked on by the Texas State athletic page. <laughs> it's never good when our athletic department is the one dunking on you. Yeah, like I said, I 
I understand why. It was like, well, you need to celebrate, like, every sport. Like, I was kind of like, okay, it's a joke. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, it's like, oh, yeah, we're, like, a bowling team. Like, for We're a bowling so- school. We're a women's basketball school. Yeah. We're a cross-country school. Stuff like that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not offense. Like, I want, like, every single Texas State program to, like, win the Sun Belt, at least win a Sun Belt title, and at least compete, like, in the NCAA tournament. Like, that's my main goal for, like, every athletic page. I just – think my joke got a little bit too far with everyone. <laughs> All right. Before I let you go, there was one other uh, web- website that kind of put out the, if your head coach has a small cheat sheet playlist or play, <laughs> play sheet uh, that they're going to have bombs. Yeah. Jake Spavadol, Bob Stitt. Before I let you go, do you think that they're going to have the small play sheet? Obviously. Like, I, I don't see, like, them changing their old ways. Like, I could I could still see, like, Jake Spavadol whipping out the old play card and be, like calling a play, like I don't think that's going to change. Colton, thanks so much for coming on. No problem. And in the studio right now, we have my best friend, the editor in chief, and the queen of the University <laughs> Star, Jacob Rodriguez. Hey, Jacob. Oh, yeah, yep. the former host of this podcast. Former, yeah. How am I doing hosting this podcast? By I, the way, honestly, you did pretty well last week. You picked me up from my depressive episode. I know. <laughs> you tough. heard me on last week's episode. <laughs> well, what happens is, is when you delete an entire episode and people have to scramble and stuff, it's tough. Right now, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast that uh, the normal sports editor, normal host of this podcast, is in Switzerland. Has she done more than the both of us at this point? Episodes? Yeah. Uh, I think it's like 50-50. This is episode 18. So I think she's done nine. I think you did nine. Hmm. So just give or take. Uh, so, all right, let's talk about Media Day. So I ended up going to New Orleans. I kind of just wanted you in here as I tell these stories because I want to hear your reaction. So we went to New Orleans. Uh, we put up a couple, little bit of content now. When you're hearing this, this is probably the third or fourth time you've seen content about uh, NOLA. Sunbelt Media Day, this is the best one that they've ever had, according to everybody that's been covering this program since 2001 when they became an FBS subdivision. It looked actually organized for once. It did. It was very – I make these jokes about the Sunbelt Conference when we apply for press passes, that it kind of feels like anybody can get these. That if you came off the street and said, I want a free meal – Let's go to a media day. The Sunbelt would be your type of thing. This was very organized. It was in the Superdome. Uh, parking was, you know, pretty nice. They had us in the Superdome parking lot. And I only had to email one person about where the hell am I supposed to be going right now. So it worked out really good. Here's the thing, Jacob. Also, you did this with little to no guidance from anybody at the start, well, too, Well, right? okay. Here's... Do we want to have this conversation? <laughs> yeah, we can. We, we can break this down. I said in February of this year year of our lord 2019 i said i'm going to sunbelt media day sometime in late july early august everybody was like okay that's cool cool good for you andrew a month ago i said hey we're going to media day like this is happening we're going and people were like yeah okay fine i said are we going to apply for press passes anyone nobody said anything radio silence so i said okay cool so I as looked, the vice president of podcast, <laughs> as the vice president of podcast, I looked it up on my own and said, "When is this?" Because I thought it was in the middle of August. Turns out it's late uh, July. So I said, "Okay, we have about two weeks. Let me put it in here one more time." Is anybody going? Nothing. We have this Slack channel, Jacob, where normally people are, you know, a little bit more active. You usually put something in there, you get a little bit responses i think we have the most active channel of all the sections at the start that's not good (laughs) because it's pretty dead it is very dead in there and i said hey i'm going nobody said anything so i was like i guess i'm going on my own 
this is where I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but I'm going to tell you this anyway. My friend Annie, I was over at her house. I said, hey, I'm going to go to NOLA. She said, can I come too? And I was like, I think the University Star needs some photographers. So I put in there Annie Fritz, University Star photographer. And lo and behold, that was my photographer for the day. And I don't know if you saw, I think you saw a little bit of the content we put out. There were some pretty good photos, a couple of really good videos. I liked it. Let's talk about media day in general. So we'll, we'll focus on Texas State, and then we'll kind of go adjacent to some of the other athletes I talked to. So Spavadol was great, as always. Always fun. Uh, Aaron Brewer, very business-focused. Brian London, our favorite guy. We gave him a little bit of crap the night before. You know what my favorite thing was? What was your favorite thing, Jacob? When you, you interviewed that guy from Appalachian State, and you were like, Zach Thomas. Who's going to be the, the favorite to win? And he was like, ah. Oh. I don't think we are, honestly. Yeah. So <laughs> what was that? So here's the thing. I'll, I'll, let's talk about that. So Zach Thomas, who is supposed to be the best quarterback in the Sun Belt Conference, he was voted preseason first team quarterback. He is the probably the most experienced quarterback coming into this year. App State has picked to favor. They come, they're coming off winning the title last year. They're picked to win the title again this year. They're picked to win the East Division this year. They are coming in with probably the most hype probably the most expectations. I get where he's coming from with the, oh, you know, we're all humbled, stuff like that. But the fact that he was like, no, I don't think so. No, made me realize that he's not the best quarterback in this conference. And I Welcome talked to Vit Marcos. I don't know if we're going to go that far. <laughs> but I talked to I talked to some people around the league. Everybody thinks that this is the best quarterback. Nobody had anything bad to say about him. Everybody was like, this is a guy that can play in the pocket. If the pocket breaks down, he can, you know, use his legs. They were talking about this guy like he was Cam Newton. To so, be completely so honest, so not the you. true freshman from Texas State. Not the true freshman. Not from the Texas returning State. starter from Texas State. No. Not the star of Last Chance U season four, and not uh, uh, Gresh Jensen. <laughs> no, none of those guys. <laughs> none of those guys are the best quarterback in the Sun Belt Conference. But I don't think he is either. Because and this is and I got in trouble for saying this earlier, but I'm going to say it again. I talked to him about the suits, and that, that story is going to be coming out pretty soon about the best suits at Media Day. I talked to him about the suit. There was a kicker for Georgia Southern who had the best suit, hands down. Zach had probably the second best suit. So I said to him, I think you have the second best suit here at Media Day. Now, a good quarterback, no, a great quarterback would say, no, I have the best suit. He ultra competitive. That's the type of things that I like to see in athletes. I like to see in my quarterback. He was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. Now. Do you think he gets mad when you cut him off in traffic or anything? Seems like no, the chillest guy he, ever. He seems very laid back. He had very glazed over eyes. He kind of just didn't seem like he wanted to be there almost. I'm just saying App State is the favorite coming into this year. That's he, scary. You think he's just going to drop 40 on us? Boom. Well, I said I think that they're going to lose a big game because he doesn't seem like the type of guy that can win a big game. I, I, clearly, he's won. The conference title. Or last they just year. have incredible media training. Maybe that too. Yeah. I know. I hate that. It's and everybody was saying but that's all sports is, isn't it? Media training. Yeah, I feel like it. I was talking to some of the corners and defensive backs at media at least, day, and I'll, I'll push back a little bit. At least like when they're still in school, that's what it feels like. That last interview that you had with Peacock was probably like the most like himself thing I think he's ever done at Texas State. Probably. Yeah, so but I was talking to some of the defensive backs, and I don't know if you've ever been ground level at one of these games. I've been ground level at a couple of Texas State games now. Mm -hmm. And wide receivers for Texas State and for every other team, it seems like, in the Sun Belt Conference, they talk a lot of crap. 
They, they like to jaw off at the corners. So I was talking to some of them. Do you talk back? None of them had a wide receiver that they were like, yeah, no, I'm going to make sure that I shut this guy down. I was a little disappointed in that. I thought that a couple of them were going to say, no, I'm going 100% at this guy when we play them. Do you think that's because like of the little to no like inherent rivals within the Sun Belt? Yeah, and that's interesting too because I was asking what is the rivalry in the Sun Belt Conference? App State said Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern said App State because they both were FCS schools and then they rose back to the Sun Belt Conference together. I thought that was interesting. I think that Texas State and Lafayette, probably or Louisiana, have probably the second best rivalry. But Lafayette feels like the team that is going to come out of the West. I know Arkansas State's favorite to win the West division. Everybody's telling me Louisiana should probably be favored to win. I am still secretly rooting for Texas State. I think Texas State has a long shot to win, win out in the division. I think they could do it, though. I really do think, just looking at their schedule, and this is what I was kind of doing with Sean last week, but I was like, I don't know. I, I really think if we could get some momentum that we could be potentially a six-win team. No, I, I said and that's, that's including the, the postseason. Uh, so you're – well, you need to win six games to get to the bowl. But I like where you're coming from. Yeah, maybe maybe you do. Well, I, I think six wins is for sure the bar I'm what setting. What if everything just goes wrong? And this is a changes all the point difference. And this yeah. is a three-win team. Yeah, I don't know. I think that this is a bit a better team than that. Spav was kind of talking about. I don't think Belo goes out on a a losing season. I don't know how much power he has over that. Because mm-hmm. if it was up to him, this team would be a seven-win team every every year. Because he kind of said, like, look, it, of everybody on this team, I think he's proven the most, right? between having a different defensive coordinator almost every single season he's been here to having 100 tackle seasons two out of the last three years to being arguably a top five defensive player in the state and to be going to Texas State too, not be going to a Baylor or an SMU or a Tech, to be one of the best defensive players in the state at Texas State, I think he's proven a lot. Yeah. So Spavadol, I asked him about the quarterbacks because this is the fifth no, yeah, this will be the fifth year that they haven't brought a quarterback to media day. I get it. You don't have a quarterback named. According to you, it's probably going to be Vit next year. But I was kind of curious to see because he brought Aaron Brewer, brought Brian London. This is the third time both those players have been to media day. I Next year, neither one of them are going to be there because they're both seniors. They're graduating. But I kind of asked him about the offense. I kind of asked him what should we be expecting very tight-lipped. A lot of coach talk. Next year, they're bringing the kicker and the punter to media day. <laughs> <laughs> so but we got a kicker from UT, actually. We we brought a kick in, mm-hmm. kicker in. Yeah, I want to talk to him and be like, why are you here? Because I talked to the co- or the uh, Georgia Southern kicker and said, like, hey, are you an a- first off, are you an athlete? <laughs> and he said yes. He said that he runs top 20 in his wind sprints. I don't know if Is that, that makes him an athlete. at me? So I could shut up. <laughs> he was saying that if you he he wins his like little sprint competitions in practice, so he's an athlete now. I was like, I don't know if I buy that. He had the nicest suit, and I asked him if he had any rituals, and he said, No, I just kick the ball. And he's one how of how many how many hits does he have on kickoff return? 
he that's, le- that's an athlete move. He led the team in tackles the first two weeks of the season last year on kickoff uh, returns. That's pretty sick. He, and he said that they had a conversation, him and the special teams coach and the head coach, they all had a conversation and said, we need to fix this because the kicker should not be having the most tackles on this team. And then his tackles went down and the other team, the team's tackles rose. It, that's for the best. And make more of an effort, you know. <laughs> you don't want the you don't want the last guy making the tackles. But I was for the first one. Uh, he's You're not that quick. He's man. not beating anybody down the field. Well, you know, he leads the league or leads his team in you know win sprints. So maybe that's it. Yeah. Let's let's kind of shift a little bit ways. I want to tell a story. So we have our. Well, I'll, I'll ask. Right. Okay. Zimmel. What happened on media day? <laughs> so the night before Sunday night, we have our little media day party. And the two big things that happened from that was, A, I saw Brian London, and they had their little trainer, whoever is with them, to make sure they don't say anything stupid. I think Brian London and Aaron Brewer are two of the most intelligent players at Media Day. They're the most veteran players at Media Day. If they're not going to tell me anything at the mark, they're not going to tell me anything in Louisiana. Exactly. So I told him I apologized to him because if you haven't been keeping up with our Twitter accounts – you missed me tagging Brian London in a tweet where they ranked him fifth in the Sunbelt Conference. After This is after he has been proclaimed the best defensive player in the Sunbelt. So this guy, his name's Scott Watkins, he ranked him fifth. I don't know if he really has any power to be telling us where we're putting people, but he had him fifth according to this algorithm. And I tagged Brian and said, this is bullshit, essentially. And Brian was like, you don't need to be tagging me in things. I saw it, okay? Don't tag me in stuff. Did he hang out with Nigel? So I saw Brian and I told him, hey, I apologize. Hey, you know, I'm sorry I tagged you in this. And he goes, don't worry. That guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He said I was the best defensive player last year. And I'm not, I didn't get any worse. So I'm clearly still like the best defensive player. I was like, okay, Brian, like that's fun. So then. I'm glad to see that he keeps up with Twitter trolls just as much as you do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so then I see. One of the best defensive players in Texas just on his phone all the time between quarters. (laughs) Well, so I then I saw I'll show him. I saw Scott. I saw Scott interviewing him at media day, and I said, "Hey, this is the guy that thinks you're the fifth best player or fifth best linebacker, not even player, best linebacker in the Sun Belt." And the guy was like, "Hey, you know, that's just the way the algorithm worked. Like, I, you, I think you're the best linebacker." And I told Brian, I said, and you, "If you listen back to my like raw recording, I said." You know, on Twitter, people act Twitter fingers. People act wild face to face. You see a future NFL player, you're not going to talk like that. <laughs> I'm glad you were there. This I'm straight in front of yeah. you. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. And then the other thing is, so we get done. Me and the biggest my, rocks in the sun built Andrew Zimmel <laughs> for sure, for sure. It was funny that people recognized me from Twitter. People knew who I was from Twitter. Texas State is very... This is the first year, too, that Texas State, or the University Star, I should say, has been going to... Well, we went... Our first thing was the basketball trip. Yeah. And then the second one, this is the New Orleans thing. And this is all headlined by you, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Congratulations. (laughs) So what am I? The Texas State sports press. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So we're at this deal. I introduced myself as that a lot. I gave the university star a lot of, a lot. Like if people didn't know who you we voted were and before, stuff too, didn't you? Yeah. If we, if people didn't know who we were before Jacob, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time about, you know, Texas state sports, 
if you don't know who the university star is by now, <laughs> you, you're never going to know. Because, well, I went there and people were like, what newspaper do you write for? I said, the university star. And they said, which university? I said, all the universities. We are the star That's true. of the universities. Look. The rising star of Texas. The rising star of Texas, the best newspaper, best collegiate newspaper in the state, according to you. So, look. Debate me. We've, <laughs> we've, put, we've put ourselves on the map, Jacob. We've done pretty good. And yeah. we have even more online content coming. What do we have coming up? Well, you have uh, like three things in the work right now that Claire's not editing, so I'm editing. So we have the Alex Peacock interview that yeah. you heard on the last podcast. I wrote a little bit something on that. So if you missed that, you can go back and listen to that episode. And then we have the Sunbelt Commissioner, his State of the Union address, which I don't know how much we want to get into right now. We can talk about that on a later podcast. Coastal Carolina. I got sh- I got shamed for not knowing what a Chanticleer was, the head coach. Not like a bird or something? It's the If you read the Chanterbury Tales. No, uh, why would I read that? Exactly. They, they Well, they shamed me in front of everybody, and they said, like, well, if you read this, you would know. It's the fiercest barnyard animal. So what, did, what, what was my follow-up question? Who's the Chanticleer Chanticleer head coach? And he didn't have an answer. He said the two guys, which I'm going to say one of the uh, offensive linemen, I don't want to give too much away. One of the offensive linemen, him and his like four other friends on the team have a brand of CCU, you know, Coastal Carolina University on their thigh. So actually, fiercest, I think I've seen that before. Fiercest Chanticleer is this guy. I'm just saying. I've heard. I, who would brand themselves? That's crazy. I want to say there's another. in Within the Sun Belt, there's a basketball player that has a brand. can't remember his name or what team he played on. That's incredible. I can't imagine going through that much pain. I can't either. Jacob, it was so much fun talking to you. All right. Thanks, Zimmel. Thank you for listening to the University Star Podcast. You can hear all the podcasts right here on the Spotify channel or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Now, next week, we're going to come back with more Texas State content. And as always, eat them up, cats.